Welcome to the Meta Woman Podcast. We address the issues, opportunities, and challenges facing women in the development of the metaverse, the biggest revolution since the internet itself. Every week, we bring you conversations with top female talent and business executives operating in the gaming and crypto industries. Here's your host, Lindsay the Boss Poss. The Meta Woman Podcast starts now. Hello, and welcome to the Meta Woman Podcast, part of the Holodeck Media Podcast Network. I'm your host, Lindsay the Boss Poss, and from struggle to success, we're covering it all. To my returning listeners, thank you so much for listening to the show week after week. Thank you for sending me your feedback. I appreciate you so much. And for the new listeners, welcome. I hope you enjoy the show and I hope you come back next week. Today's guest is someone that I'm so excited to introduce because I have known her both in the esports capacity and as a friend for about a year now. And it's just always so fun for me when I can bring someone onto the show that I've gotten to know. Megan Van Petten is the founder of the Esports Trade Association, or ESTA an organization that connects folks both in and on the precipice of the esports industry. So she brings all kinds of people together. ESTA does a whole lot within the industry, which I will happily let Megan explain. Megan, I would love for you to introduce yourself. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you for that introduction. It is a pleasure to be here. And uh, as you know, um, I'm the founder of the Esports Trade Association. We promote, protect, and advance the broader interest of the esports community. I've been working in association management for most of my career and just love, love community building. And um, I'm just happy to be here today and share about some of my passions. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much. Okay, well, with that, let's jump right in. All right. In a previous conversation, you talked about how a lot of your experience boils down to community building, and you just reiterated that just now. So I definitely want to start there because that's a term that's become much more popular within the industry and is seen as a sustainable and authentic growth strategy. So do you think it's a bit of a shift in terms of gamers have always done that, but I don't know that companies have always done that or thought about uh, community building in that way. Um, So what does community building mean to you and why do you think esports companies are taking this practice seriously? Well, yeah, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful shift, isn't it? Community building is important to me because the world has so much disconnection. People are yearning to come together, to break bread, share ideas. Sometimes people don't even know how to get started or don't have the willpower or the confidence. And finding unique minds to set your imagination afire is the goal. But it takes effort. If we aren't in community, the world misses out on our gifts, which can be heartbreaking. Typically, people don't heal alone. They heal in community. And there's so much talent out there just waiting to be asked to have a seat at the table. Sometimes you have to create your own to make sure it's tailored to what your calling is. But there's a lot of established organizations that weren't built with women in mind. And this is now changing. It is important to me to build welcoming spaces and have benefited from, and I have benefited from the start of this journey. Oh, I love that answer mostly because A, we have been in a pandemic for Lord knows how long at this moment. So coming together and breaking bread is something that we just haven't been able to do forever. Um, so that's that's wonderful. and. B, obviously, being part of the Meta Woman podcast, I love anyone who can 
who can bring, you know, women and other minorities and give them a seat at a table in a, in a way that really encourages them to speak their mind and, you know, get, get in those rooms where maybe we haven't traditionally been before. Um, so in your opinion, what are the core tenets to building that thriving community? Oh, wow. So I know I'm here on this earth to share the gift of connection and finding holistic ways to build joyful communities that make a difference. To connect with and build a community, you need to do your due diligence. Identify who can benefit from the vision that you've created. You have to really do the quality research, as you love. Thankfully, there's platforms like LinkedIn, which I really enjoy. Allow this research to be pretty streamlined. Once I or you have identified the key people that meet what we're looking for, I personally love the John Maxwell leadership strategies of authentic connection. I even named our podcast Esports Connected after his book, Everyone Communicates to Connect, because it defines how I personally like to bring people together. To connect with people, we need to have our complex listening skills the integrity to deserve their respect and time, and show faith in people to empower them on their path. How quickly then we can connect. One thing I would like to say is go to your LinkedIn right now. See how many connections you've made. I try not to call my LinkedIn connection followers. I like to call them my friends. And for my podcast, the same. Technology has enabled us to access each other, and I'm determined to facilitate relationships with everyone that I can connect with. And that is, again, why we call the show Esports Connected, based on one weekend, me reading a book, Everyone Communicates, You Connect. I love that um, that you brought up LinkedIn. It has been a personal New Year's resolution of mine to be more active on there, which I know that we are we're recording this now in late April, and I have still not necessarily held up my end of that resolution. But it is a really good platform, particularly for the esports audience. I found so. That was a really good uh, little call out there. <laughs> um, and I know that you're super active on there. So everyone out there, go find Megan Van Patten on LinkedIn. She, she posts a lot of good stuff. <laughs> um, but getting back to the ESTA in particular, I think with a lot of organizations, you, when you touch on so many areas and have so many different interests, and as I said, you bring in a whole bunch of people from different backgrounds and communities and lines of work. Um, it can be hard to maintain that balance in building a, a strong and cohesive overall community. So how do you bring together and pull on so many different th threads and kind of bring cohesion into the community, bring everyone together? That is such a great question. First of all, um, I will say this again, that ESTA promotes, protects, and advances the broader industry, the broader interests of the esports community. And really, we accomplish this by finding incredible leaders. Our committees um, are vast. We have our, our, obviously, our chair and our vice chair. And then um, that's called an, an, our treasurer and um, our governance. And that is called the executive committee. Um, so they really steer the ship. 
And then some other committees we have are the business development, our education, our events, our marketing and communications, membership, regulation, research and data. And what I always thought if I were to ever get the opportunity in creating an association was really empowering our leaders with development. And I truly live by the the Leadership 2.0 by John Maxwell and the workbook. So one of the things that we do first is we send our leaders when we um, appoint them to the board, a workbook. And we have um, training um, and development for the leaders um, and that I've, I've seen to, to be um, an incredible resource. Um, oftentimes, the, how as much as you can structure your volunteers um, to make it easier for them to lead, the better off the, the mission and the vision and the values of the organization will be, um, will be utilized. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think that sort of giving, empowering people to take responsibility for their different portions of this helps bring, helps bring that cohesion, right? Yeah. You have leaders at all levels that are passionate about what they're doing. Certainly much easier to bring in people from different facets and, and to, to work with that leader. Yeah. Perfect. So I want to back up for a second because we've been talking all about the esports trade association and the gaming industry, but I, we haven't talked about what got you into the industry and what excites you about it. So what brought you into esports? You know, um, and and you know, being a, a meta woman podcast, it, it's a perfect question because um, when I was in the fantasy sports sector, I mean, I will never forget in New York when we had our first esports panel and who was on the panel. And I've always just had a passion and an interest um, in what's next. I've appreciated the now, but the what's next is always very intriguing. And I think being comfortable in the uncomfortable, you know, and just being open to what is next um, has, has gently led me to this industry. It was a natu- natural transition, and um, I had a lot of support in the early days to launch the Esports Trade Association, and when we launched, there wasn't a trade association. So being that I'm a diehard believer in trade associations and what they are still, um, it was just a perfect fit, and it, was, um, it, was, it took me about a year of thinking about it and asking around and doing my due diligence before we launched in September of 2017. Wow. It just also goes to show how, how rapid the growth has been. Um, 2017 was only five years ago. Some yes. other industries have trade associations that are 50, 60, 70 years old. That's, that's wild. Yeah. And things have really changed so quickly. And they really and- have. Like, there's one story I'll tell you that I, I noticed when we had our conference last year, we led our um, production committee, which ended up being like 20 volunteers. Now, if I fast forward or rewind 10 years ago, 
when I had a conference here in Chicago, when I was looking for the AV department, honest to God, I couldn't find them. They were like, we're downstairs under the staircase. And I kept walking around the staircase and I, and I'm on the phone with the guy and I'm like, I am sorry, I can't find you. Do you know, truth be told, he was in a broom closet. I never opened the door of the broom closet and he couldn't leave his station. Right. Because I didn't think that he would, his office would be in a broom closet and I'm not going to name the hotel. But what's really nice about that is now it's like the golden table to sit at, you know, the technology table. So that's just one like little difference that I see is um, not only are we putting our AV professionals forward, even better, we're getting, we have a waiting list, you know, of volunteers that want to be part of this movement with us. That's such a, that reminds me of the headlines in the 90s that said, this internet thing is a fad. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, the AV person used to be in the broom closet while all of the suits kind of took the yeah. front tables. And now we're having whole conferences based on those AV people that developed really cool technologies. And That's right. Yeah, that's a really cool little anecdote. That's so funny. Um, I want to push, I want to, you know, that's a little retrospective, but I want to push on the future a little more. You do a lot of different work in leadership and DEI principles and in general on improving the space for different folks. When we look to the future, what are the changes you're excited to see and how do you think we'll get there when it comes mostly to DEI strategy and inclusion? You know, we, we got everyone out of the broom closet. Now, how do we get every, every person a voice at the table? Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, so I've heard a lot about how emerging tech offers completely different opportunities to folks in the space who may not feel they have representation. And I'd love to get your thoughts on that possibility. I'm all about creating comfort, accessibility to as many people as possible. Good hospitality, again, comes from research. What people need without having to ask them creating clear channels so people know where to report challenges they might be having or, or something when something does come up. We, you know, at the Esports Trade Association, do as many polls as possible. We don't want to, you know, overdo our, our, our polls, um, you know, and ask our members what they need to succeed in our virtual and in-person environments. Um, you know, it, it's obvious that there's, you know, a lot of people in the room, um, but who can shine that hasn't in the past? And, and as you know, I, I'm a big advocate in, in coaching. So I'm really, really um, trying to see and include. And, and we also teach our, our leaders, like when we have a happy hour, we have a coffee, we, we're teaching our leaders to ask questions to the quiet, you know, the quiet ones that aren't speaking as much and, you know, try to try to bring them more forward, you know. Well, I think um, and, I, you know, I guess it also takes discipline, you know, or looking at like our agenda or looking at our board, um, you know, what's not represented that could be, you know, who, who should be here that's not. I mean, it, 
it, it just takes something to really think over think, you know, extend, extend, um, a warm welcome you know, where, where it's needed. Um, I think going from good to great is something that I just strive for. Like, okay, this is good. Is this, is this great? You know, who can, who else would make this greater? You know, it's not like, it's not easy. It sometimes takes extra time, but it certainly is well worth it. That's where the comfortable being uncomfortable comes in as well. It, I, I do get nervous that people are putting a little bit too much into emerging tech. The whole tech industry was built and just wrought with a lot of different inclusion and diversity issues. And so I think that there's a lot of hype around newer technologies. And I, I am truly excited for what people can do, but I'm also very I tend to be a little bit more wary of this is going to solve the problem. It's not going to solve the problem unless we really get comfortable being uncomfortable and pushing people forward and filling our own gaps in knowledge. And like you said, looking around and saying who's not represented um, and being very cognizant of doing that. So I, I, yeah, I like you have a lot of hope for future tech, but I also have a, a, a bit of a, wariness when it comes to it being the be all end all and i'll also say someone who used to run events i remember doing those polls <laughs> and thinking, oh if i could just get the right amount of responses it would be so helpful but i don't want to bother people and <laughs> yeah it has gotten more challenging um you know and i think i think what i like i like that I've noticed when we when we just give something and I feel like it really comes from respect, like, hey, we give you a gift card to Starbucks. Will you give us five, ten, you know, a, a cup of coffee of your time? And, you know, these are just like so small, simple things. And I think that's, you know, what our society is demanding, like respect me, hear me. Um, I can tell you that I talk fast because when I was at the table with mostly all men, most of my career, oh, yeah. I had to get what I had to get in pretty quickly. And I had to go and I had to really run my sentence longer because I might not be asked meeting after meeting after meeting anything, you know, so it really took something. And it, and my coach says, slow down, people will listen now. And it's not that they weren't like, I'm not here to cause a bad, you know, a bad vibe. But um, first off, just the simplicity of respect. Help us out. We value you to take a cup of coffee and fill this out. <laughs> Thank you in advance. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I think to your point, too, people aren't looking for massive grand gestures. They're looking for little everyday things that say, I don't just see you when you're on stage. I see you when you're sitting at your desk and working hard or, you know, it's those, I totally agree with you that it's actually those smaller things that mean more to me than the grand appreciations. Not that those aren't nice, but the totally. smaller regular things. Um, and I am also a fast talker for the same reason. <laughs> so that's something that I think is uh, so pertinent for a lot of women and minority folks in the room. Building on that and as we look forward, how do we build the metaverse with DEI principles in mind? I know we talked about a lot of different strategies already, 
from small gestures to giving people a seat to being cognizant of your own shortcomings. Um, but for you, does it start within companies and the creation of new companies, nonprofit work at the education stage with all of them? We've talked about how to do it, but now where do we kind of do it? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a great um, question. We're looking at the next big paradigm shift as the metaverse becomes fully fleshed out. I love to think how it could provide access to education and entertainment, culture, and how it could have power to advance us. Those who have not been, you know, historically included, um, we want to make sure that they're not left out of the mission. Um, problem solving. In invention and design comes by people living in the world, you know, not made for them. So to create it themselves with, you know, stoplights and elevators and internet, we want to be able to include everyone. Like, come, go, stop, don't, you know, there's just so much to how we will, you know, get the rich stories of these astounding people that haven't had a voice for, you know, history of, of time. So this is just a whole new world that we're breaking into. Um, you know, it's, it, it's going to take, take all of us getting together and having that voice. That's, so, that's such a wonderful thing to highlight. I actually just listened to a podcast recently about, and I'll put it in the show notes, but I, it was a podcast about the woman who invented the first security system and she was a black woman and she's the one who figured out how to connect all of her cameras and put it on closed caption TV and do all of that for her own house. And she wound up selling the technology for some completely menial amount of money. It was, of course, I, I struggle to say menial because to her it meant something. So I don't want to take away from that. But in the scheme of things, she deserved so much more. Um, so I think that I love this note about how invention and innovation come from people who are living in a world not designed for them. I think that that's extremely, an extremely apt description of uh, where a lot of innovation comes from, which is sad. <laughs> but I also am just so amazed by how people can flower out of their circumstances. Um, and we can. We really mm -hmm. can. Um, it, you know, I can remember when I was married and my husband bought a car and I didn't fit in it. I literally couldn't drive it. <laughs> it was a big car and it, you know, I was just thinking to myself, this, you know, how do we make this work? He was like six, five and I was, you know, five, five. And how do we make things more comfortable for everyone? you know, in the most simple ways to the greatest ways, And um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just interesting how there's missings in thought from design concept to production, you know, which might be a woman, you know, like right. a man and a woman will be driving this car perhaps. And it was a sedan. It was a family sedan. But there was, it was just never comfortable for me to drive. And I should have test drive driven it. But I love that story because mm -hmm. um, there we were with a car that wasn't practical for me to drive. I was actually watching a commercial last night and 
I don't know if you've seen the Google commercial. It's a very sweet commercial where they talk about how they've changed. It's a, a family who where it's a children of deaf or a child of deaf adults. And they have the sweet commercial where they show their their grandbaby and how they can communicate with technology over the pandemic and closed captioning and all that stuff. And my husband looked at me and said, how much sooner do you think we would have gotten that technology if there was a deaf person in the room when phones were being made? And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> that's a great point. And that's not to say that that technology isn't amazing. And I'm very glad that it has been developed. But you just invite so much more opportunity for innovation by including people who have different stories and backgrounds and ability sets and superpowers and all kinds of things. Um, that was kind of an eye-popping thought for me. And right along those lines and staying up with tech, how do you stay current with emerging technologies as we start seeing more, more tech development and all kinds of, you know, now we have FaceTime and Zoom and videos and effects and we're starting to live in the metaverse and you can go try on your Nikes and Nikes metaverse. How do you stay up to date with all of that? I know you mentioned it's a passion of yours to stay current with technology. You know, I think that when I was very young, I loved hanging out with my grandfather. He was just literally one of the most consistent people in my life. Um, and um, I just appreciated that so much that I saw him regularly, almost daily. And um, this was my grandfather on my dad's side. Now, my grandparents on my mom's side were immigrants, so we would, they would come stay with us for the whole summer. <laughs> my grandfather on my dad's side was really interested in helping me create a mindset you know, toward success. So, you know, he taught me how to play chess. And he, you know, I told him that I wanted to start running marathons. So we would go to the library and read about whatever it was that I would bring up. We would end up at the library and we would end up studying it. So I'm going to answer that by saying mindset. He, the very last thing he ever said to me when I was going on a business trip was, Yahoo me. And it was so cute because he was trying to, to go with the Google me, you know, but he was saying, email me. And that was his, he figured email would be called Yahoo because Yahoo was his email. And, and it's just a cute example of trying to stay ahead of what you think might become next but be comfortable if you're wrong it doesn't matter it's no one knows you know there's no really definitive there's no losing losing is just not trying losing is just not pulling out a chair and sitting at a table and being in community i mean that's and i digress esta is built by members you know for members for our industry community is you know what we're all about so um so my answer for that is mindset i love that i love that story about your grandfather um and i i think that he was onto something when he said stay current even if he wasn't necessarily onto something <laughs> when it comes to yahoo 
Yeah, that's okay. Not with me. And it wasn't until you know I was gone from him, and it wasn't until a few minutes. I'm like, oh my god, he means email. That's so funny. Yeah, that's great though. And you know, staying up to date, keeping that open mind. It's the as we age, the open versus crystallized mind. Keeping an open mind, yeah, mm-hmm. towards what's coming, um, is is really fun, and and I certainly hope that more people can. A lot of bad news swirling about the metaverse, but I hope that people can keep an open mind and get excited about some of the technologies that are coming, or that are already here. Um, yeah, and you know, and that I think is where um, I I I end up in industries where there is play. You know, and I grew up where it was fun to discover, you know, I mean, when I went to do the triathlon, I remember he got, we had three books and I was thinking, oh God, I didn't realize it was this complicated doing a triathlon, you know, <laughs> like cheapers, but, um, having fun, really playing, you know, being playful about whatever it is you want to talk about. Sure, there's got to be some anchors of, you know, educate, you know, motivate, you know, come with something, but it's okay to not know. It's okay to just have it be a conversation. Like, you know, who really knows metaverse? And if they say they know, you know, that's even scarier. Right. (laughs) That's such a good point. That's one of the things that I'm definitely trying to do with this podcast as we develop further technologies and as we get in there, you know, women and a lot of other folks weren't involved in the growth of social media. And that's been a huge technology that's completely changed the way we've, we've lived in our world and connected with people. And it, it really has hurt what we've been able to do in that space. And I don't want that to happen with the next iteration of technologies that comes out. And I think it's important to to be like you said uncomfortable not knowing but to still take a seat at the table and to talk through issues and to realize it's okay to not have the answers but that your opinion still matters and and that's I'm very passionate about doing that because I didn't do that for myself for a long time I thought I had to know I thought everyone else knew everything and I was the one that was behind um so I really appreciate you saying that and bringing attention to that because I do think it's so important like get out there and talk about it even if you're not sure and a way to talk about it, which I'm so excited. This is a perfect transition to the last little segment I had, because one of the ways to talk about it is through podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to get your opinion on podcasting because you're a podcast host. I know you've mentioned Esports Connected. I'm a podcast host. We're currently on a podcast. Seems like a good platform to talk about podcasting. So what do you like about putting content in podcast form? Okay. so. When we first started the association, we had a podcast that we were working on and I wanted to be behind the scenes as much as I'm not in association management, which is what I you know, was born and bred to do, in my opinion, trade, trade association management. We're more servant leaders. We're behind the scenes people. We help bring, you know, the industry leaders forward. So I wouldn't call myself a esports expert, right? I, it's my job to create the community to bring the experts forward. Okay, that's m- my mission. So when, when the podcast came on my desk that I had to be the host, 
it wasn't my idea. And it was very fortunate that I just read the book. Everyone communicates if you connect because it was such a great book about genuinely connecting with people. And right away, what went through my head was, boy, I hear from all these members about what they're doing and what they're up to. And it's really such a great day um, to hear two to four member stories. Why do you want to join? Tell me what you're doing. Let's see if it's a fit. And then I thought, well, if I can, so for about a, a month, I asked members, would you tell me that on a show if I asked you? So I started doing like my own little research and they were like, well, yeah, of course. And then, then I thought, well, boy, it could reach more people and this could be a real win. Um, but I knew nothing about broadcasting. I knew nothing about podcasting. But what I did know is I wanted to connect with people. I wanted to highlight and spotlight our members and have them share their stories. And that is trade association community management right there, really. And that first year, I must have grown 10, 15,000 subscribers or followers in my LinkedIn. And then mm-hmm. when I was like, oh my God, look at all of these new friends I have that are like listening to this. It was my, I mean, it was, it was thousands of people that were appreciating learning about our member stories. And, and that's it. So we have this wonderful network and um, the, these wonderful uh, um, people that, that assured me that it would be okay that supported me in the areas that I could never do. And um, it, it was one of the best things, you know, I've ever done. You know, we, we record it. The network does their magic and the content goes out in record time. It allows us to stay as relevant as possible in our ever-changing world. And it's allowed me to challenge myself and to grow in the broadcast realm and help the industry shine. Being in the spotlight as a woman was not only necessarily my goal, it isn't always easy, especially for video and and audio product, but we're in a niche industry and I'm proud to represent women who would like to break into this industry and or whatever industry they're in. I say go for it. It's funny that you say that because I was thinking back maybe about a week ago after a day of recording. And I thought, never really thought I'd be hosting a broad, uh, a podcast, but I actually realized when I was in, in middle school, I decided that as a profession, I wanted to be a news anchor and I had forgotten about that. Um, my, my interests sort of changed over time, but I don't think I had that ever went away fully either. <laughs> Other things might've gotten pushed to the top of the list as what, do, or what do I want to be when I grow up? But I think uh, broadcast journalism was always kind of there for me. So it's been fun to to circle back to that in some form. Isn't that interesting? Um, John Maxwell always says, you know, work in the area that your strengths are. And when here you were, you know, a young lady thinking that you liked or you were inspired by news anchors. 
I was too. Very early on, someone said to me, um, I was on a business trip in Indianapolis. And someone said to me, you sound like a news anchor on television. And I was, you know, Indiana is one state away from Chicago, from Illinois. And I said, what? You think I sound different than you? And then I thought, huh. Right? Shortly after that, someone wanted me to do a broadcast there. And I said, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm a behind the scenes. And, and, you know, and here we are. (laughs) It's like what your purpose is. It, it, you know, find it or it will find you. That's for sure. (laughs) That's, I feel like it found me, but I'm happy to be here. That's for sure. (laughs) Same. Um, Definitely. What would you recommend for people who are looking to start their own podcast, especially in the esports space? That's, you know, that, that's something I wish I had a little bit more time for, but I know you'll love this. Like, you know, do your research, study the types of podcasts you like to consume, you know, create something that would be your way, your style. You can get started with very little overhead um, and in equipment. Um, start practic- practicing, you know, actively, um, you know, start to talk to people. Create your templates that allow you to grow organically. Find editors and producers that support your vision. Um, There's nothing better than working in collaboration. And when you find your team, you know, build a tiny little community. Um, Personally, I love mapping out content, you know, for six months, 12 months, three months. And, you know, just see how, how it can be supportive together. And, um, oh my gosh, I also strongly, I love co-hosts. It's so fun. I love taking my show on the road, you know, because if you really know, like my vision is to truly bring the community, you know, to the podcast, right? And whether it's through me, a co-host live, relax. You know, we're, we're all on a journey together. And um, so I, I play around with it. I love that. That's so fun. Um, podcasting really has been fun, but there is, to your point about do your research, there is more to it than it first appears. So <laughs> I don't know what you're getting into. The one thing I do really love about it is it's made me a much better listener. I find myself in real life asking questions as I would if I were hosting a podcast follow-ups and I stuff do you do that natural oh thank you this is do you ever find show. yourself in real life thinking like oh can you tell me about that a little more <laughs> <laughs> i do that all the time now um before we get to our last little segment that i like to do on every show i want to just give a short summary of what we talked about we started with a discussion discussion on community how people really want to be together, especially after the two years we've had, and that it's important to create a welcoming space to bring everyone into those in bring everyone actually together. One of the core tenants that you mentioned that I thought was really important in building a cohesive community was empowering leaders to create teams that they are passionate about and bring in people that they, that could share that passion with them. That also then worked under the overall mission. So I thought it was uh, really clever the way you kind of you go down. You, you break up the levels a little bit 
get everyone on the bottom tier of the pyramid excited. And then as you work your way up, everyone kind of comes together. Um, you mentioned a lot about John Maxwell's strategy and everyone communicates view connect uh, for how to do that. We also talked about what excites you about esports and what brought you into the gaming industry. A great anecdote about how the AV folks used to be in the broom closet and now they're the ones hosting and running the conferences, yeah. which I think is really a good anecdote for how how much tech has grown um, and what an industry it's become and how it's become respected. And I think that that's really, really relevant. We talked a bit about the future, uh, how we're going to incorporate DEI principles and what those changes are going to look like. One of the points that you brought up that I just loved was that people who live in a world that's not built for them are the ones who tend to innovate. And so finding those folks, lifting up their voices, providing channels so that people can actually report problems and come up with ideas and share their own experiences is really important. When we talk about building the metaverse and bringing in those DEI principles, we have the power to advance or hold ourselves back. So we talked a lot about that. Um, it's important to weave inclusion into all of these sectors. It's important to be cognizant of where you fall short and how you can actually make up for those shortcomings. We talked about how you stay current with emerging technologies, which oh, a wonderful story about your, your grandfather and Yahoo me, which I think is probably going to wind up being the title of this episode. <laughs> that but that's just such like a wonderful, yeah, wonderful way of reminding yourself that you're never too old to learn something you knew. You're never too old to be excited for what's to come. You're never too old to play and to learn what's out there. And I think that that's just so important. And we ended with a little discussion on podcasting where it's important to do your own research, build a small network around you that supports it, and share with everyone you possibly can about what you're doing because that helps grow your own audience. So the last little segment that I like to do with everyone who comes on the show is a moment of reflection a chance for you to look back and offer advice to other people who are listening. So what is one thing you would like to tell your younger self about getting into the gaming industry and being successful? Boy, you know, I think if there's one thing that I do tell myself is that everything happens perfectly. If you ever watch that movie Slumdog Millionaire, and he wins, and it's an impossible journey to win. They, they set up this, this movie so no one could win. But when you really sit back and you look at your life or even one day, and you look at the miracles that happen all day long for you to have support of the universe, to do your gift, um, and relax. that. You wouldn't be who you are if you didn't do what you did and what you're doing. So I think that, you know, when I was growing up, you know, I had a you know very traumatic upbringing with the loss of my father. And I couldn't understand, you know, why things would be so hard at such a tender age. And but it really made me a very sensitive young girl, a very deep young girl. And then I had this incredible bond with so many people in my community that went above and beyond to help raise me. You know, I was raised in a community by devoted people that knew our mom, you know, needed help. 
And here I am, this, you know, leader that really believes most of all in healing together because it's, it is much harder and much more challenging to heal alone. So my advice is sit back, relax, take a deep breath, and just take one day at a time, one hour at a time, one podcast at a time, one book at a time, if you still read the hardcover books, which I do. And um, trust, trust your own, trust your journey because you are uniquely special and you have a unique mission um, in this earth. Oh, well, that was just the warmest way to end it. That made my heart so happy. Megan, thank you so much for coming on. I know we already talked to where people can find you and I know that's on LinkedIn, but is there any other resources you want to share or plug? Well, you know, I would love for anyone that's interested in esports and the industry of esports to check out our website. Um, it's Esports Trade Association. If you Google it, and if you'd like to type it in, it's esportsta.org. And I would be happy to jump on a call with anyone that is contemplating joining or coming to our event. We have an incredible um opportunity that you know and thank you lindsay for speaking on our panel in august here in chicago brought to you by morgan stanley um it's going to be a wonderful day and a half where we're inviting people to chicago we're starting with a wrigley baseball game and um we have a wonderful networking event the next day we're doing power speed networking we have an elevator pitch, which is similar to Shark Tank. And then we have a full day of sessions where you can really, truly, um, you know, pick and choose what you'd like to, 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 um, to watch and learn about. And uh, we hope to see you all there August 22nd through the 25th. And our event is titled Esports Next, brought to you by Morgan Stanley. And everyone should go because August 22nd is my birthday. So. That's right. Are you going to go to the Cubs yeah. game? I'm hoping so. But if not, Esports Trade Association is throwing me like the biggest, longest birthday party we I've ever are. had. And so. I guess if you're going to the game, <laughs> let me know. Because I think that they, you know, they do special things for birthdays. Like, oh, gosh. <laughs> get your name on the big screen. <laughs> I think that's okay. If we go, I'm not, if I go, I'm not telling you. <laughs> you just let the cat out of the bag, Lindsay. Oh, gosh. What have I done? <laughs> oh, well, Megan, thank you so much. For all of our listeners out there, be sure to leave those five star ratings and reviews. It helps other people find the show. Also, it just warms my heart. So <laughs> that's good, too. Be sure to check out other Holodeck Media podcasts, including Meta Business, for all the metaverse finance stories you could ever want, and Business of Esports for interviews with industry leaders. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Lindsay Poss. You can catch me Wednesday nights on the Business of Esports Live After Show, and you can catch this podcast in your feed every week. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Lindsay. Thanks for joining us here on Meta Woman. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast everywhere you get your podcasts, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends, family, and colleagues all about us. Also, make sure to follow Meta TV on all socials to get more of the best Metaverse content anywhere. Tune in every week for another episode of Meta Woman.